0: The book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ uh, is in large part about um, God's judgments on his and our enemies and uh, the deliverance of the saints. It's a book of encouragement. Um, Throughout the book, we're introduced to five enemies. Uh, The dragon, who is the devil and his helpers. The beast, the false prophet's. Those who take the mark of the beast, whose judgment we read about in chapter 16, and, um, and then the fifth alley uh, of the dragon, the prostitute Babylon, who's introduced to us in our text this evening in chapter 17, where we also learn of her destruction. In the remaining chapters of the book, we'll witness the defeat of the beast, the false prophet, and finally, In chapter 20, the dragon Satan himself. So read along uh, with me in Revelation 17. We'll read just a little bit into chapter 19. Revelation 17. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and said to me, Come, I will show you the judgment of... Of the great prostitute who is seated uh, on many waters uh, with whom the kings of the earth have committed sexual immorality and with the wine of whose sexual immorality the dwellers on earth have become drunk. And he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that was full of blasphemous names. And it had seven heads and ten horns. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and jewels and pearls, holding in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the impurities of her sexual immorality. And on her forehead was written a name uh, of mystery, Babylon the Great, Mother of Prostitutes, And of earth's abominations. And I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints, the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. When I saw her, I marveled greatly. But the angel said to me, why do you marvel? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and the beast with the seven heads and the ten horns that carries her. The beast that you saw was and is not and is about to rise from the bottomless pit and go to destruction. And the dwellers on earth whose names have not been written in the book of life from the foundation of the world will marvel to see the beast because it was and is not and is to come. This calls for a mind of wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman is seated. They are also seven kings, five of whom have fallen, one is, and the other is not yet come. And when he does come, he will remain only a little while. As for the beast that was and is not, it is uh, the, an eighth, but it belongs to the seven, and it goes to destruction. And the ten horns that you saw are ten kings who have not yet received royal power, but they are to receive authority as kings For one hour together with the beast, these are of one mind and they hand over their power and authority to the beast. They will make war on the lamb and the lamb will conquer them for he is the Lord of Lord and the king of kings. And those with them are called chosen and faithful. And the angel said to me, the waters that you saw where the prostitute is seated are people and multitudes and nations and languages. And the ten horns that you saw, they uh, and the beast will hate the prostitute. They will make her desolate and naked and devour her flesh and burn her up with fire. For God has put it into their hearts to carry out his purposes by being of one mind and handing over their royal power to the beast until uh, the words of God are fulfilled. And the woman that you saw is the great city that has dominion over the kings of the earth. After this, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was made bright with her glory. And he called out with a mighty voice, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great, She has become a dwelling place for demons, a haunt for every unclean spirit, a haunt for every unclean bird, a haunt for every unclean and detestable beast. For all nations have drunk the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality and the kings of the earth have committed immorality with her and the merchants of the earth have grown rich from the power of her luxurious living. Then I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you take part in her sins, lest you share in her plagues, for her sins are heaped high as heaven and God has remembered her iniquities. Pay her back as she had paid back others and repay her double for her deeds. Mix a double portion for her in the cup she mixed. As she glorified herself and lived in luxury, So give her a like measure of torment and mourning, since in her heart she says, I sit as a queen, I am no widow, and mourning I shall never see. For this reason, her plagues will come in a single day, death and mourning and famine, and she will be burned up with fire, for mighty is the Lord God who has judged her. And the kings of the earth who committed sexual immorality and lived in luxury with her will weep and wail over her when they see the smoke of her burning. And they will stand far off in fear of her torment and say, alas, alas, you great city, you mighty city, Babylon, for in a single hour, your judgment has come. And the merchants of the earth weep and mourn for her since no one buys their cargo anymore. Cargo of gold, silver, jewels, pearls, fine linen, purple cloth, silk, scarlet cloth of all kinds of scented wood, all kinds of articles of ivory, all kinds of articles of costly wood, bronze, iron and marble, cinnamon, spice, incense, myrrh, frankincense, wine, oil, fine flour, wheat, cattle, she- and sheep and goats and chariots and slaves, that is human souls. The fruit from which your song, the fruit for which your song, your soul longed, has gone from you, and all your delicacies and your splendors are lost to you, and to be found again. The merchants of these wares, who gained wealth from her, will stand far off in fear of her torment, weeping and mourning aloud. Alas, alas! For the great city that was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet, adorned with gold, with jewels and with pearls, in a single hour, all this wrath has been laid waste. And all the ship, and, and all shipmasters and seafaring men, sailors, and all whose trade is on the sea, stood far off and cried out as they saw the smoke of her burning, What city is, was like the great city? And they threw dust on their heads as they wept and mourned, crying out, Alas, alas, for the great city where all who had ships at sea grew rich by her wealth. For in a single hour she has been laid waste. Rejoice over her, O heaven, and you saints and apostles and prophets. For God has given judgment for you against her. Then a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and threw it into the sea, saying, So will Babylon, the great city, be thrown down with violence and will be found no more. And the sound of harpists music- and musicians and flute players and trumpets, trumpeters will be heard in you no more. And a, a craftsman of any craft will be found in you no more and the sound of the mill will be heard in you no more and the light of a lamp will shine in you no more and the voice of the bridegroom and the bride will be heard in you no more for your merchants were the great ones of the earth and all nations were deceived by your sorcery and in her was found the blood of the prophets and of saints and all who were slain on the earth after this, I heard what seemed to be a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven crying out, Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and power belongs to our God, for His judgments are true and just, for He has judged the great prostitute who corrupted the earth with her immorality and has avenged on her, He, and has avenged on her the blood of His servants. Once more they cried out, Hallelujah! Uh, the earth uh, from her goes up forever and ever. And the 24 elders and the, 24 living, or the four living creatures fell down and worshipped God who was seated on the throne saying, Amen, Hallelujah. And from the throne a voice uh, saying, came a voice saying, Praise our God, all you his servants, you who fear him small and great. And then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like a roar of many waters and the sound of many peals of thunder crying out, Hallelujah! For the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exalt and give Him glory for the marriage of the Lamb has come and His bride has made herself ready. He has granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure. For the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. And the angel said to me, Write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true words of God. And then I fell down at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, Do not do that. I am a fellow servant of yours and your brothers who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Amen. Well, this uh, makes up the um, the fifth of the. So we're not. Yes. No. Hello. Am i uh, we've got the overhead or is that um okay I'm pressing buttons ah there we go um, <clears throat> so again, yeah, this makes up the um, uh, the fifth of the seven cycles in the judgment of the book uh, judgments uh, cycles of judgment in the book of revelation, and I cannot possibly. Um, dishonor these horrible symbolic figures as they deserve in the given time. But I will begin uh, with an attempt at a sort of very brief who's who in chapter 17 and 18. Um, we'll leave the prostitute Babylon for last. So let's begin with the scarlet beast who is the same beast that we um, met in chapter 13 with ten horns and seven heads. The beast represents as I think I said before, the hand of of the devil in the world, particularly as he's manifested in oppressive governments and wicked and coercive uh, civil powers that we uh, see. Um, it's these powers that uh, persecute God's people and seek to, to marginalize, to suppress, to drive off or destroy the witness of Christ and his holy religion in the world. The um, the seven heads of the beast in chapter seventeen nine to eleven refers to various world empires. Five have fallen, one is, and the other is not yet come. Five uh, are already fallen. Probably refers, likely refers to um, old Babylon, Assyrian, New Babylonian, Medo Persian, and Greco Macedonian empires. All now gone and hardly remembered the one that is almost certainly refers to Rome not referring to papal Rome but to pagan Rome to imperial Rome which we recognize as a type of of every city or government that is godless and cruel and idolatrous and opposed to to Christ the identity of the seventh head is something of a question mark Um, Perhaps it's simply to be thought of as the collective title for all the anti-Christian governments between the fall of Rome and the final empire, the Antichrist. It's going to oppress the church in the days preceding Christ. Well, then let's look at the Ten Horns. The Ten Horns are (coughs) uh, kingly confederates of the beast, enemies of God, enemies of God's people, Um, that the the devil enlists to help him in his final struggle. They're probably to be taken as human characters, world figures, influential people in world politics, in education, science, industry. They're the ones that the psalm speaks of as the kings of the earth who take their stand and the rulers who gather together, together against the Lord and against his anointed one. They are the dupes of the devil who suppose they're helping to bring about a, a, a progressive new world order that will be beneficial to mankind without God and without Christ. Um, and uh, and uh, that's, uh, that's the ten horns. Um, they are of one mind, we're told, the angel informs us in verse 13, and they hand over power and authority to the beast. Finally, um, the many waters um, upon which the prostitute and uh, the scarlet beast sits um, is identified uh, to John by an angel in uh, verse uh, 15, uh, chapter 17, verse 15, as the people, the multitudes, the nations, and languages, which reminds us that this vision touches all people everywhere. Uh, Or to say it another way, um, this conflict between the beast and the dragon and the Lord touches uh, all men of every age in every place, uh, including uh, ourselves uh, today. Um, but, um, of course, the great figure um, to reckon with in these chapters is the prostitute, um, also called Babylon. You notice how much sexual imagery is used here. Uh, as sort of an Old Testament picture of betrayal of Christ, betrayal of God. Uh, the, the Israel goes off and prostitutes itself to um, the nations. And so that's a very vivid imagery uh, that's used here. And uh, in this case, <clears throat> we read about the prostitute, uh, also called Babylon, who's introduced to us as sitting uh, on the beast. And, and who is this? Uh, Well, the prostitute Babylon is a picture, she's a figure of the seduction of godless culture, which distracts and allures and tempts and sweetly calls to us every day, every hour, calling you away from following Christ with all your heart and mind and soul and strength. She's characterized as a city. Bunyan calls her Vanity Fair. Uh, for in every age, uh, it's been the city that gives birth is the incubator for the very worst of men's sins and idolatries and sometimes also the very best of men's creative abilities. Um, remember the city of, of Babel and her inhabitants of old uh, and the ones who built the great tower, remember the Tower of Babel. The founder of Babel was uh, Nimrod, <coughs> whose very name means uh, rebel, and uh, and Babel or Babylon, as she was later called, was his city. It was a city of rebellion. It was a symbol, and is a symbol throughout the Bible, of godless society and its pretensions, its persecutions, its pleasures, and sins. Uh, Nimrod and his and and his city were uh, were seeking not seeking to exalt the Lord God. Rather, you remember, it was a city that was founded and dedicated to the glory and the exaltation of man to the exclusion of God. Uh, The tower that they built, the Tower of Babel, was an attempt to establish their own religion. It was a symbol of their rejection of God and his eternal purpose to fill the earth with the knowledge of God as the waters cover the sea. They rejected that and they built this Place of pagan worship. In other words, Babylon uh, was a city of the world that reflected and magnified the spirit of the sinful world of that day and reflects that same spirit today. God commands us to glorify and trust and find our pleasure in Him. But the spirit of Babylon, the prostitute, says, No. No, no. We'll establish our own culture, our own science, our own government, our own morality, and our own justice that gives glory to ourselves. The prostitute, we're told, sits on the beast. They cooperate. Uh, In the Roman Empire, uh, imperial power, the beast, uh, undergirded a culture of pleasure and wealth, that is, the prostitute, they or we're together, the state power made possible the amassing of great wealth in Rome, in the Roman Empire. And in the same way, today, people put their hope in state power whenever it promises to deliver utopian peace and prosperity. When, when politicians stand up and say, I can give it to you. <laughs> Just vote for me. Um, it, maybe that's good, or maybe not. But in the end, you see, the prostitute is is destroyed by the beast, as so often is the case throughout history, uh, where uh, raw secular government power gone amok begins to eat itself up and destroy uh, even the godless culture that it nurtured, the self-destruction of Soviet Russia, for example, or Mao Zedong and his cultural revolution in China uh, comes to mind. Well, at first the prostitute looks good. She's dressed in purple and scarlet and with jewels like a queen glittering with gold and precious stones and pearls and in her hand is a golden cup. But the closer you look, the more wretched she appears. What's in that golden cup? Well, we're told it's filled with abominable things, with the filth of sexual immorality. And what is the title that we read on her forehead? It's very clearly stated. Babylon the Great, the mother of prostitutes and of earth's abominations. To which the Apostle John adds, 17.6, And I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. See, this, this prostitute's nothing more than another counterfeit. Um, She's another helper of the devil. She's no queen. She's a whore. She's a a pawn of the devil. She's bent on deceiving, of seducing mankind, the the crown of God's creation and turning their hearts, your hearts, away from Christ and away from his kingdom. Babylon is ripe for judgment, what occurs in chapter 18. And and look who who it is who mourns her. This is very telling. We're told it's the kings of the earth, verse 9, 18, 9, and the ones who have been responsible for the maintenance of her godless culture. The merchants who list all of their luxuries that they've enjoyed and profited from. They stand at a distance. They don't dare get too close because she's being destroyed and they mourn her. And so also the sea captains and sailors, the indispensable accessories to the commerce of luxury and, and decadence. So you understand who Babylon is. Babylon is the harlot, uh, is the sensual world luring us away from following Christ. Uh, The same Apostle John in his first epistle warns about Babylon saying, do not love the world or anything in the world. For uh, for If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the boasting of what he has and does, Um, and the lust of his eyes comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. But what does this prostitute care for the will of God? That's the very thing she hates and teaches her subjects to hate, or at least to disregard. Uh, Brethren, who who of us are not forever bombarded With the song of Babylon, if only I had a little more money or a little more prestige or a little more reputation in society or a little more education, I could have more toys and, and more pleasures and perks and powers that I ought to have that I'm entitled to. The prostitute plays to our fears, plays to our flesh, plays to our lusts. She loves your computer, by the way. Um, And your smartphone, only a click away from Amazon, I always like to bust on Amazon.com, whose whose fulfillment center will deliver whatever you want uh, at your door tomorrow and on your credit card uh, with offers of endless credit. Um, So if you feel sad or you feel depressed or empty, there's a counterfeit gospel to fill your heart. If you don't have Jesus, you can have the merchants and the cargoes of gold and silver and silk and horses and chariots and electric toys to distract and satisfy you. But very often, listen to this, very often the price of those things, and you know this, the price of those things, those luxuries, the price of those comforts, the price of the reputation or the beauty that we would like is greater than any Christian ought to pay. Or as Benjamin Franklin would have said it, we're tempted to pay too much for a whistle. They get out of hand so easily and they demand in return less time for Jesus, less time for church, less money for missions, less interest in spiritual things, less interest in serving other people, less interest in your heart and soul and, and preference to, to your flesh. It demands more concern for self and less concern for the welfare of others. Uh, Greater interest in the here and now and less interest in an an eternal future. That's what the prostitute is all about. That's how we may best understand it. But God calls you and I uh, to serve and to serve him alone. We're to order our lives and the lives of our families And to point our wives and our husbands and children to Jesus and to eternity and to the glory of God and not to ourselves exclusively and not our pleasures and comforts and the glories of men. We are to push away uh, the worship of materialism whenever uh, we can. Um, We are to send the good news of the saving gospel throughout our communities and in our world, we're to build a culture that exalts Christ in arts, in business, in government, uh, and that is an agenda which is very opposite of the business of the prostitute of Babylon. Well, that was um, that was point A. Uh, but take note: um, the text revolves around the promise of the destruction of Babylon. Uh, for John records in chapter 18, and after this, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and earth, the earth was made bright with his glory, and, and he called out with a mighty voice, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She has become a dwelling place for demons and a haunt for every unclean or evil spirit, a haunt for every unclean and detestable uh, beast, And for this reason, 18.8, uh, eight, her plagues will come in a single day, death and mourning and famine, and she'll be burned up with fire for mighty is the Lord God who has judged her. The beast and the dragon and the false prophet will all make war against the lamb. And they do make war against the lamb, even around us. Uh, but the lamb will conquer them for he is the Lord of Lord and he is the king of kings and those with him are called, chosen and faithful. So there's a battle that's taking, on, uh, that's taking place, as I've said many times, right now as the children of God, the people of the church, seek to resist and even conquer the seductive secular culture in which we live. And that's a struggle that will take place also in one final battle at the end of the age and then it will be quickly over. But but see in this text how God is calling us out of the city, out of Babylon, away from the service of self and the devil. Chapter 18, verse 4. I heard another voice. Come out of her, my people, lest you take part in her sins, lest you share in her plagues, and for her sins are heaped high as heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. Uh, Jesus speaking um a warning of the same thing. Uh, And speaking of his coming day, he says, remember Lot's wife. Now, you all remember Lot's wife. Lot was Abraham's nephew who injudiciously moved his family uh, into the city of Sodom, uh, the Babylon of his day, (coughs) to live, although he himself was a righteous man. Uh, And when God was compelled to destroy that miserable place, you remember, he sent angels to escort Lot and his family to safety. Only his wife was most unwilling to leave and turned back for a long, uh, longing, idolatrous look because her heart was back in Sodom. And she was turned to a pillar of salt. So, where is your heart? Um, Uh, There is uh, an attraction to Babylon in every one of our hearts. We always need to beware of the seductions of a life and culture that is no friend to Christ our soul. Uh, The the devil will not weep at your grave, brothers and sisters. The only one who truly loves you is the Lord Jesus. And he gives us um, this vision in the book of Revelation as a warning to warn us of the devil and his grip on the world. Uh, The harlot writes, William Hendrickson holds in her hand a golden cup, but the cup contains nothing but that which serves to displace Christ and turn our hearts away from God. Beware, that's the first point. But the fifth cycle does not end on a note of warning, but rather, um, like the other four sections that we've already covered, it ends in triumph. It ends with the return of Christ... And, uh, with, um, uh, and with his glory, uh, in this case, it ends with a brief description of a great celebration. Um, a few weeks ago, I think it was on the 28th of February, we celebrated the Lord's Supper together, which is just a small earthly foretaste of what one day we'll enjoy in the marriage supper of the Lamb, described for us in the first 10 verses of Revelation 19. With the final destruction of the prostitute, uh, which I believe will occur more or less together with the destruction of the beast and the false prophet and the dragon, although they're all separately discussed. Uh, the apostle hears what he describes as a great roar, a great multitude. We've heard about this roar in heaven and this multitude in heaven shouting, Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and power belong to God for the his judgments are just and true and he's judged the great prostitute who corrupted the earth in her immorality and has avenged on her the blood of his servants. And once more they cried out, Hallelujah! The smoke from her goes up forever and ever. And who is this multitude rejoicing? Um, it is all of those not corrupted by the harlot Babylon. That is to say, all those who have not been sucked in, who have not been corrupted by the luxuries of a secular, godless world. It's all those who have taken not the mark of the beast, but the mark of the living God, which is the Holy Spirit. And it's those who remain faithful to the end of their days, however many days God may give you. They're the ones who will be rejoicing on the day described here in Revelation 19. Everyone Gathered here this evening, I pray. The Bible calls it the wedding, uh, the wedding of the Lamb to His bride. Um, and uh, the Lamb, of course, is the Lord Jesus, uh, the Lion, uh, the eternal Son of God who became a Lamb to take away the sin of the world. And who is the bride? The bride is the church. that He has made ready for Himself, and is making ready for Himself the bride is the Church of Christ, the chosen and faithful followers, as the text names us, whose names have been written in the Lamb's Book of Life, more on that soon, a great multitude that God has gathered and called out from the nations and from uh, every age and every tongue, including all of you who've been saved and who confess Christ as your Savior and Lord. And those robes, those as bright, clean linens—those are your righteous deeds, deeds that have been made righteous by the blood of Christ and performed in love and obedience and grace and power. Uh, read the parable of the wedding feast in Matthew twenty-two. Read the parable of the ten virgins in Luke twenty-five. For as the angel said to John, uh, verse nine, nineteen-nine: "Blessed are those who are invited." to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he added, these are the true words of God. Uh, brethren, the Church of Christ is the betrothed of Christ. He's paid the dowry for her. And the time of our celebration uh, is, together is, is coming. Uh, the day when the bridegroom will, will seek out his bride is relatively close. We need to be ready and prepared. The feast will last for eternity. But need I say it, some will not be there at that supper. Uh, Those who belong to the dragon, those who have been bullied by the beast or deceived by the false prophet or seduced by the the prostitute, seduced, that is, by the spirit of the world. Those who are so taken and allured uh, by the comforts and the luxuries and the cleverness and the bankrupt philosophies of this world, that they've lost sight or lost confidence in Jesus and in the power of his gospel. People, I suppose, who were never saved. And I really don't know how else um, to conclude this, but again, to invite you once more to follow Jesus faithfully. And if you've never been saved or not sure, then, then throw off the devil, give him the slip. And and throw off your proud self sufficiency and ask Jesus to save you today, and purpose uh, to set steady eyes on Him ever after. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for this um, chilling picture. In some ways, we we see uh, it, it has a lot of things, Lord. We don't understand all of them, but we but we see how. Um, There is a spirit that seduces uh, people and, um, and you are the conqueror and there is a day of celebration for those who will follow and keep you. Lord, give us grace to follow you faithfully. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.